get ready for an epic experience that you won't forget. The Be Your Best Self Conference, August 22nd at the Grand Event Center in Grandview Heights. You'll rub elbows with some seriously cool folks in the business world and soak up all sorts of wisdom about being a bold leader, rolling with the punches, and smashing through any obstacles that may come your way. It's not just about setting through speeches. It's about making connections and diving deep into learning that'll stick with you for ages. We've got a killer lineup of speakers just for you. First up, we've got Brian John, the brains behind Echo and Athena, who's going to drop some knowledge bombs about leading with love. Next, we'll hear from Shara Hutchison, the powerhouse CEO of Exposure, who's going to spill the beans on how to navigate change like a pro, whether it's in your personal life or at work. And then brace yourself for Stephen Carr, the mastermind behind Belief Force, who's going to show us how to kick those self-limiting beliefs to the curb and step into our full potential. But wait, there's more. We've got a lively panel discussion lined up where we'll tackle the ins and outs of working with different generations in the workplace, led by the amazing Dahlia Calgreen from United Residential Management. And to keep the momentum going all day long, we've got the one and only LaShondra Baker from LBB Edutainment as our hype woman. Oh, and don't even think about sneaking out early because we've got some seriously awesome prizes up for grabs at the end of the day. Trust me, you don't want to miss out. So mark your calendars, spread the word, and get ready for a day packed with inspiration and connections. Chamberpartnership.org backslash BYBS 2024. Hello, Tri-Village Chamber Partnership. This is David Polakowski, the President and CEO. And today I have Ben Levy, who is with the Final Third Foundation. I said it right, didn't I? You said it right. Well done, David. I, I had my cheat sheet. I was looking at, you know, I always do that. Even though I know <laughs> the proper, sometimes at, you know, our age, right, Brett? We slip, sorry, putting Brett in that age category with me. <laughs> So how's it going? It's going well. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being here. So tell me what the Final Third Foundation is. I do know it is soccer-based, correct? It is, is soccer-based, but we do bring in other sports as well. And I'll tell you a little bit about that in a, in a moment. But Final Third Foundation is a nonprofit that I founded in 2018. However, it can be looked at as an umbrella nonprofit organization with different programs, projects, and events um, that have been running since 1984. Um, so what we do is we work with all different communities. We bring communities together through the global game, and we work to uplift those communities. And the final third way views soccer as an equalizer and believes that it can be a, a catalyst to build a better generation. So... So what are what are your programs that you offer and where do you offer them throughout? I know it's a lot through Central Ohio. Yes. Yeah. So Final Third is now making a bigger, much bigger imp imprint throughout all of, sorry, footprint throughout all of Columbus and Central Ohio. Um, our programs range from providing recreational soccer programs club soccer programs, soccer and literacy from early childhood to elementary school to middle school, um, and also even environmental awareness programs. Um, we also are based out in Mombasa, Kenya, where I founded an organization in, in 2011 that started me on this path 
um, the sports and development path. So Mombasa, Kenya, I hope I said that right. What drew you there? How did you get connected? And is it, did you start a soccer foundation there too? Or were there other things involved? So the organization is called the Coney Community Football League out there. I was 22 years old. I volunteered as a soccer coach and I found the organization through a family friend whose roommate actually started an organization in this in the poorest area of Mombasa, Kenya called Lakoni. Um, and that's where I went there to volunteer. I didn't go there to set up an organization. Actually, I majored, majored in biology. I didn't major in international development or development or the not or anything in the nonprofit arena. Um, and which is probably good because when I went in there, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Um, but I volunteered and I ended up starting an organization myself um, that now provides for about 500 youth per, per year. Um, and it runs all year round. So it's a local sports and development organization. And we partner with many organizations throughout the world, actually, that come in and volunteer and work in that community as well. So it's actually an international organization that you are the head of, which is amazing to hear. And it's based here in Columbus, Ohio, pretty much. And so how many soccer leagues do you have? So soccer leagues themselves, two. We have Columbus East Soccer Association runs a league out. And actually, it's the main facility there is known as Easton Sports Park, which just recently changed its name to Pathways Park because Pathways Financial Credit Union just sponsored the facility because they wanted, they really liked what we were doing to help subsidize the cost um, out at the facility, so. And I have to say, Pathways Credit Union is incredible. Um, Greg Kidwell, I don't know if, is their president, I don't know if you met him yet. I have not met him yet. He is my past chair and they're very involved. And I know they are the chosen credit union for the Columbus crew. Yes. So they are making their mark in the soccer world. And, but it's a great partner. Yeah. And they're, they're very smart in what they're doing because they realize that Soccer is a global game. There's a huge new American population here, and that's who they're trying to connect with. Um, maybe, I know they're trying to connect with other populations too, but I know that's that's where they want to grow out. So, yeah, and it's in soccer. You know, a lot of endurance. What age do you recommend kids start playing soccer, or what are the benefits besides the physical aspect of playing soccer? So we start as young as three years old. We have a Tiny Tots program. We have about 120 participants in that Tiny Tots program. We have a curriculum that goes along with it. Um, The benefits there are huge. Um, We provide an early childhood, actually, soccer and literacy program to Southside Early Learning, now known as Sprout 5, and two of their locations to right now 110 preschoolers and our director of education is building that out. But even running, going back to your question, original question, even running soccer, just soccer for tiny tots, what we call them, three and four years old, three and four year olds from motor skill development to spatial awareness to um, just them hearing the word red light to stop and go, it's 
their development from, you know, they say that 80% of your brain develops from zero to three, and that's a huge component of it. So just adding that program is a big deal for these kids. Um, and then it, we notice that if they start at three and four years old, that playing at under six at five, at under seven at six, you notice that the kids are that who participated in this tie and touch program do have a slight edge than the kids that did not. So as far as being able to compete and and uh, which allows them to have confidence going forward in anything they do. And I'm assuming it's boys and girls. Absolutely. Of course, it's, I, I can imagine, I picture just a little bit of a chaos at times when you're trying to wrangle three and four year olds to get going. But it is, I mean, the skills, the team skills, the just development aspect, I can only imagine how this benefits kids as they're growing. Yes, absolutely. And I actually, I actually just had a meeting this morning and I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent. There. You're, that's what we're here for. Tangents. What I, we talk about kids as they're growing and what I love that we're doing right now with final third foundation is that we have official partnerships with local community organizations and those local community organizations are, for example, Ohio youth Academy, which is a lo- which supports the local East African community and mm-hmm. Galacticos, which supports the local Latinx community. And we have, we have about five official partners, but what we do there is we subsidize their cost of play in our recreational program. So when you're talking about, and, and we provide a platform for them and an infrastructure, we even help with their website development. We help with consulting on how to build out their clubs, how to market their clubs. So it's the first time ever that Ohio Youth Academy has an under six team in our CISA recreational program. It's the first time ever that Galacticos had an under seven, under eight team in our CISA recreational program this past year. And what what I believe is that youth and what final the final third way is talking about social cohesion and building out a better generation. And it's a it's a global economy. And in the next twenty years, we're gonna kids are gonna need to be know how to work with everybody, all different cultures. And I think that's that's where we fail a little bit in today right now. So if we start at a young age at under six with with youth being able to at five years old play with all these different communities, it it will make you know the next generation just a bit better. So that's that's the idea. So you're talking about growth and development. That's a huge part of it. The social emotional learning of learning about other cultures, learning about you know other ways of life right away at five years old, um, and making people feel comfortable with each other. And so it's a way to go. So through the global game. That's that's amazing because I think it's in so much that's going on today and I hate don't we're not gonna get into there, but I think it is important that kids understand and be able to have that cross cultural interaction without any issues. And I give you kudos to that because that's a huge step in moving forward of who we are as a society. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's what play can do. It doesn't need to be soccer. It can be basketball. It can be football. It can be chess. It can be music. Um, but if you are able to juggle a ball back and forth or pass a ball back and forth or, you know, play chess with one another and, or anything, right. Um, it, 
humanizes really like we've got to view each other as humans and and that we support each other and and that every everyone deserves happiness and they deserve the way they they deserve happiness that's it so i mean and and what brings them happiness um could be something a little bit different than somebody else but we need to respect that and that's great i mean i, I there's no words to say the positivity that will come out of this. I just feel, and again, you're doing great things. And, you know, soccer is becoming more and more popular. And I think the crew has helped, but why do you think it's been such a slow movement with soccer in the US as compared to other countries where it's been so popular, where it's actually called football? Mm -hmm. So, um, it's just interesting to see how things are evolving with soccer. So basketball, football, baseball, those are the number one sports, you know, and still, um, soccer is growing. It's, and it's, it's, um, still known as the upper, upper middle class, rich man sport. And that's actually with final. And the reason why is, Sports, youth sports is a business. Uh, and so Final Third Foundation, we also say we grow the game and level the playing field on and off the pitch. And what we may mean by level the playing field is that's what we do is we bring down that cost. So soccer right now, you can go out, it's not as many kids as there need to be are playing pickup soccer. Um, and that's because it. That's because basketball and football are, are looked at as the main sports, and we're looking to change that as well. Um, we're growing. We're growing the game by entering into communities where, through our early childhood program and our soccer and literacy programs, where kids won't normally see a soccer ball until they're ten or eleven years old. And there's other organizations that are doing that as well, like Columbus Futsal, which does great work in their foundation. Um, and allowing kids to realize that they can play soccer on a basketball court, which a lot of people in the UK do um, as well. Um, so I'm not a, I know that the game is definitely growing um, and we see that and we hope Final Third can help with that as well. So you talked about soccer and reading. Mm -hmm. How did you get those two to come together? So... I used to work for a sports management company that represented Brad Friedel. And Brad was the ambassador of a soccer novel series called the Jamie Johnson series. And I don't do something unless I believe in it. This soccer novel series is unbelievable. I actually sat down, I read the first book and I was just like, I thought I was gonna put it down and you know, I just kept reading it and I finished, it's a short, it's a short book, the first book, and I wish I had it growing up. So I'm like, I need to bring this out into communities. And the main point about the soccer and literacy program is it's a supplemental program that generates excitement about reading. And the idea is also for youth and these and students to gain confidence in reading because they enjoy the book. Um, not necessary, and with that, they will have more touches, excuse the pun, because touches, touches on the ball, mm -hmm. touches with vocabulary and mm -hmm. as well. 
Um, and we do have monitoring and evaluation behind it now with our director of education, Leah Groom Thomas, who's about to receive her PhD in early childhood education. Um, but this soccer and literacy combining play and then reading about the game as well is, it just made sense. Um, where after school, you, you don't want to get to reading right away. So you play for 45 minutes and then you go into reading at an actual exciting, engaging book. Um, and it seems to be working. We're out at Eakin Elementary. We are, um, we're, we were at World Language School and there's many other schools where, where we've provided um, a train the trainer program for the teachers at Woodward Park. Due to COVID, things have slowed things down a bit, but um, we're also building this out, as you heard earlier, in early childhood centers in partnership with Sprout 5, what is now known as Sprout 5, formerly known as Southside Early Learning. And we're in their, at their hilltop location currently and their Southside off Reeve Avenue location. So. so your interest in soccer, I'm assuming you played soccer. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. All your life? Well... I wish I had hip surgery at 23 with chronic pain there, uh, femoral acetabulum impingement. You don't want to get that with a bone spur at 23. But um, but I grew up playing. I grew up in Bexley. I won two state championships. I didn't win them. The team won them. I was I was a leader on the field. I wasn't the best player. Um, I was the captain of the senior, the, the year we won it, my senior year, um, and then. I chose to just go to University of Wisconsin-Madison and play club and actually started coaching my sophomore year in college because I love the game. I loved working with kids and started getting my licenses then. Um, so so that's that's it's always been a part of me. Um, but I played other sports growing up. So, All right. The big question, how do you go from biology <laughs> to soccer? I followed my gut. Um, I set up this organization in Mombasa, Kenya. I got into the University of Pittsburgh for uh, a doctorate in physical therapy. I deferred for a year, and then I said, no, I can't do this. I have to follow my passion. And I had no clue where I was going. I'm 33, year, I'm 33 now, and it's 11 years later, and I'm finally a full-time employee of my own foundation. So it's taken a while, a lot of blood, sweat, and actual tears, a lot of tears. Um, and uh, it's been a windy road, windy road but I'm, uh, I'm happy I'm here. So, And that's, you know, the nonprofit world is always evolving. We all know that. I mean, I've been doing this almost 30 years. It's hard to believe, but it's, it is evolving and you always have to change. So when it comes to your financial support, grants, events, mm -hmm. donations, what, you know, what, how do people connect with you if they're interested in providing or supporting so, the foundation? So we have a lot of opportunities first. We have a lot of sponsorship assets now, opportunities out at the facility through Jersey sponsors, through facility sponsors, like you heard with Pathways Financial mm -hmm. Credit Union. Um, we're also starting to be known throughout the community and starting to gain a little respect and, and we're starting to apply for more grants. Um, and we're also receiving more general donations as far as final third foundation itself. Um, we are 
we do bring in a lot of customer-based revenue um, through our recreational programming and through our soccer and literacy programming. And we're entering into not just underserved communities, but affluent communities as well. We want to provide these soccer and literacy programs to all communities. Um, so, so in a sense, we can show, not in a sense, but we are sustainable. Now, right now I'm looking to build capacity and the only way to do that is to bring in more funding to be able to bring on more people. So I'm looking at social enterprise grants. I'm looking at people willing to fund th these, this organization in a way we are, we're, our name is Final Third Foundation. So we have, I actually just went to Doug Ullman, uh, put on something at the Idea Foundry and we talked about social innovation is creative destruction. So our name is Final Third Foundation. We have funds that are currently set up for these official partners now. However, we also have programs that generate revenue, which isn't a part of a foundation. Um, and what's cool is that we are sustainable. We don't have the, the funding coming in, enough funding coming in to provide these funds yet, but we attach all of our, our, all of our programs, our enrichment programs to these are uh, to our official partners. So soccer and literacy programming is happening with Ohio Youth Academy and soccer and literacy programming is happening with Galacticos and that, and, and that organization. Um, it's a holistic approach and we hope to bring in mentoring opportunities and other opportunities as well. And it's, it's really funny that our, the name is now Pathways Park because the idea is that we, we create a pathway for every F3 member, Final Third Foundation member or, or participant from three years old all the way to 18. Um, and that pathway brings in all these different opportunities to build a better generation. So that's incredible. I think it's just a well-rounded organization and I owe Kohash for introducing <laughs> us in so many ways. So if someone wants to reach out to you and learn more website, phone number, email, what's the best way? So probably email, um, Ben, uh, at final third That's a long one, but mm -hmm. all letters, um, would be best. They can, they can visit our website at final third as well. Um, and we seem to be get, gaining more and more volunteers. We've formed an official partners with American outlaws and the Columbus chapter, um, an official partnership with them. And, and we're growing. Uh, we provide for about 2,100, 2100 participants per season, if you include Kenya, and then you include all of our programming, including our recreational programming, our club programming, and uh, soccer and literacy programs. Um, so, and it's only getting bigger, so. That's great. Congratulations on the success. And Thank as you. we move forward, I look forward to seeing how things progress for you. Again, Ben Levy, Final Third Foundation. Um, if you have any questions, you can also reach out to me, David at chamberpartnership.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Appreciate it. 
Did you know sponsoring a Tri-Village Chamber event not only builds brand awareness, but expands your network? Our chamber unites hundreds of businesses and individuals through meaningful relationships, educational programming, exclusive resources, and awesome events. Sponsorship supports our efforts to build and strengthen the community. To find out which opportunities are best for you, contact me directly at katie, K-A-T-I-E, at chamberpartnership.org. Thanks for partnering with us. Thanks for listening to Business Inspires. Check out the podcast show notes for information about this podcast, to schedule a guest appearance, or to find out more about sponsoring this podcast.